are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. Hey, everybody, what is happening? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports too, and perhaps some other sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and where they are now. So, hey, y'all, what's happening? Oh my goodness. I feel like every single episode that we actually start the show, I keep telling you guys that I'm super, super excited. But the reality is, fam, I really am. And some people actually do say, Janon, you're such a jolly person. But this time around, fam, I really do have the right to be a jolly person because, hello, the World Cup is happening. Yes, I know we mostly focus on combat sports and boxing and MMA, but come on, if you so ignorant and oblivious that you do ignore the World Cup, how great this particular World Cup is in Russia right now, man, I don't even know what to say to you because it's just the best one so far out there. And so, yes, today, in honor of World Cup, yes, we are going to be dedicating a, a, a short section of our show today, this episode, to World Cup, to soccer, I would say. And you know what? I'm going to be telling you guys about some of the things that I actually uh, paid, paid attention to that were kind of similar and sort of different from combat sports. Because, you know, when you're a sports fan, you do actually realize those differences and similarities. And it's I feel like it's really important to touch on uh, some of the things that, um, uh, you know, that are actually happening in the World Cup right now. And I feel like these issues that I'm going to be talking about today are uh, definitely one of the most important ones to always consider when you're watching any sport and um, just just um, uh, any good professional sport overall. So we're going to be talking about that today in the beginning of the show. And man, oh man, oh man, International Fight Week is next week, fam. Yes, and it's going to be headlines, you could say, by, of course, the the events that we've been counting you know anticipating for the whole summer for the whole year yes i'm talking about ufc 226 which is of course happening on july 7th and as you can imagine next week the whole show we are going to be dedicating our entire episode to international fight week and of course we're going to be breaking down the main card of this phenomenal card uh in thorough detail and Okay, so here's the thing. Usually when we have such great cards like this, not only is the main card so stacked, but also the preliminary card as well. And so today I actually decided that we break down the preliminary card of UFC 226, given that we are probably not going to have enough time to talk about these particular fights next week when we're breaking down the main card uh, fights as well. So I decided to dedicate another section of this episode to just breaking down the some of the preliminary fights that are happening um, on the UFC 226 card and T-Mobile Arena Las Vegas okay so we have that coming up and man so much drama as always in the world of combat sports especially boxing okay 
you probably know what I'm talking about if you have been actually catching up with your Anthony Joshua news and updates and um, things like that. But to actually figure out what I'm talking about, you better stay tuned because some juicy, juicy drama and um, updates are actually coming up your way. Okay, so that's pretty much what we have lined up for today. And yes, fam, I believe because you guys know me, I talk a lot. Hopefully we have time to talk uh, talk about all of the things that I just talked about. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Okay, so the World Cup fam. Oh, my goodness. Just like I said, I feel like it's the best one so far. So here's the thing, fam. My love for sports overall, okay, it initially started with combat sports, in particular MMA. And from there, you could say I'm, I'm working my way towards a inverted pyramid, you could say, because I feel like MMA is the most, you could say, concentrated and uh, I, I feel like, in my opinion, the most advanced sport and of course in one of the newest sports of our era right so my my love and passion for sports started from MMA and then it, it worked it, its way to another step to sports like more general combat sports like boxing and wrestling and Muay Thai and then and now of course I mean I've always been watching basketball and you know sports like that but I'm but, but okay I've never been huge huge fans that are actually dedicated time to you know uh, uh, put down dates on my calendar uh, as to when say LeBron James is playing when Steph Curry is playing no I've never been that big of a fan of basketball and other sports like that but this time okay soccer soccer I feel like is actually working its way through my heart Yes, and um, you're not going to believe this, but I've actually contemplated having a whole nother podcast in addition to TKO, just dedicated to soccer, breaking down soccer, because with this phenomenal World Cup fam, I fell in love with soccer. Yes, it was love at first sight when I first my first when I watched my first match of the World Cup when it was um, uh, the the opening day. So like the opening ceremonies went and then the, the opening matches were happening. This time around in the World Cup fam, there are no such things as boring matches. Every single match has been so exciting so far. And if you actually haven't been catching up with the World Cup, I would definitely recommend all of you guys out there. I know some of the phenomenal matches have actually passed already, but even if you do have the time to catch up with the highlights of those matches, I still do recommend all of you guys to go out there and watch them, okay? Because that's how phenomenal of matches they were. And so I told you guys that I'm going to be doing like a contrast and a comparing thing uh, uh, between soccer and specific the this particular World Cup in Russia and we're going to be comparing it and contrasting it to combat sports and uh, you guys already know when I talk about combat sports my main points or the the default th- thing that I'm going to be talking about is going to be mixed martial arts so here we go okay fam so the first thing that you need to know about this particular World Cup and something that I really do appreciate about um, uh, what the what the judges you could okay you don't really call them judges but you, you could say the authority figures in in the world of FIFA and soccer one phenomenal things that they've actually added up to uh, uh, newer matches starting with this World Cup is that they are starting to utilize better technology 
when it comes to scoring and um, viewing fouls and things like that. So what they have actually added to their matches is video playback. And so I really do appreciate that because sometimes a player might be um, committing a foul, but the referee uh, might not actually see it and um, it might go unnoticed. And the, the team that is playing that has actually been fouled on uh, potentially loses a chance of, say, um, catching a penalty and things like that. So it's super important that we now have these uh, video playbacks. And there's a whole bunch of referees um, in a certain room with uh, monitors in front of them. And they constantly are checking videos of the match and um, seeing if um, anything goes wrong. And they will immediately, immediately notify the main referee that is on the field. And, um, you know, I feel like this way, things are actually going to be much more fair to both teams. Yes, sometimes uh, with this uh, video playback, things might not go your way, might go your opponent's way. And then sometimes things might actually go your way. So it has its own, I would say, benefits and advantages. And in some particular cases, um, it can uh, cause you be unlucky in a way. But it is how it goes. And uh, I would say it definitely has more advantages than disadvantages. So I, I'm really seriously rooting for this um, new technology. And you guys probably know that also in combat sports and in particular MMA, we just started to incorporate um, video playbacks as well, but with limited um, usage. But I still do appreciate that. And just like I said, just just like how it works in soccer, it's definitely really, really useful in MMA as well. I mean, with especially with the new unified rules of MMA that have actually been um, incorporated into um, some matches. Again, that depends on which state uh, you actually fight in and whether or not that uh, specific state athletic commission has actually approved of using video playbacks and things like that. But if you do actually have the advantage of using it, it is phenomenal and um, it's obviously super useful when, um, uh, just like I said, fouls do happen and uh, Say you do get kneed in the head by an illegal knee and um, the referee doesn't really catch it. But then if you use the video playback, you actually do catch it. So your opponent could potentially be disqualified and you um, ultimately win your fight. So it's definitely useful in that manner. So there's a technology aspect of it. And then what I really did appreciate about this World Cup was that's okay usually we all know i mean it's just default knowledge by now that teams such as brazil and uh, like spain and um you know big favorite teams like argentina they've always been favored and uh, you know teams like france and england they've always been favored uh, in, in soccer just overall right but then this summer round we are actually seeing underdog teams come on top and beat uh, big draw names, big big draw teams in a way. For instance, um, uh, the Germany team had actually been uh, actually won the previous World Cup, but this time around they actually lost some of their matches, 
and um, uh, you know lower teams you could say or underdog teams like Mexico that were being super successful against those big draws and actually came on top and now they're actually being considered as um, a potential finalists for this World Cup so that's what I really loved about this World Cup because I feel like in the past it was just super dominated like you already knew who the favorite was and who the underdog was and you definitely did predict that for sure the favorite favorite was going to win that match but this time around there is no guarantee and even if you are actually betting on the match and uh, betting on who's actually going to win the uh, the fight the 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 match the soccer match is super hard because you actually don't know how each team is actually going to play in the game because nothing is guaranteed and in this manner i would say it's almost becoming similar to combat sports and MMA in particular because I, I keep telling you guys every single episode, especially when I'm breaking down fights and giving guys stats and my predictions that the MMA math doesn't always work out just because you have the numbers, just because a certain person has won a certain number of fights does not mean that they are going to be for sure winning their upcoming fight. So for that reason, I would I always say the MMA math doesn't always work out. And in this particular case, the soccer math doesn't always work out. And so, you know, uh, you could be a soccer soccer uh, fan and you're listening to this and you're telling me, oh, Janan, how did you just realize this? And I'm telling you this because I feel like it's just super interesting because you're just starting to um, explore different sports and um, you're just um, trying to compare it to your uh, sport of reference. And I feel like it's just super interesting because um, uh, with, by comparing these things to your uh, to th- things of your favorite sport, I feel like that... Uh, depends in a way your passion for that other sport that you're trying to explore and it's definitely the case right now with soccer okay so just like I said it's so interesting to see the underdogs in this particular world cup coming on top and dominating over big draw teams and also another thing in regards to that is you also start to see the weaknesses of major draw uh, players so we have guys like leo messi cristiano ronaldo and those kind of people and always we've always thought that they're pretty much invincible and that there is no way if say uh, you if um, ronaldo is going to uh, do a penalty against your goalkeeper then there's no way that it, that it doesn't uh, actually make a point in a way. Like if there's no, uh, you would actually not believe if C- Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't make a goal when he shoots that penalty. That's what I'm trying to say. And please excuse me, I'm not super familiar with the soccer terminology and things like that. So I'm just trying to talk about the things that uh, would m- make sense to me. You know, the use the words that actually do make most sense to me. And yeah, just bear with me. But just like I said, you wouldn't actually believe if Ronaldo made a mistake or if Messi made a mistake. But this time around, fam... Things are changing. I don't know if uh, if some sort of voodoo is actually happening or the soccer gods and the sports gods are trying to switch things around. But uh, these big drop players are actually making mistakes. And now we're actually realizing, hey, they're not invincible and they have their own weaknesses. And so the underdog teams are actually starting to realize those things. And they're trying to change their strategy in a way so that they... Um, 
they neutralize those big draw players and they uh, by doing that they increase their chance of actually winning the match and so that is just super super interesting and um, in my opinion this is kind of similar because in the past just like I said these players like Messi and Ronaldo were just so good and Everybody thought that they're the best in the world and there's nobody in the whole world to actually beat them. And it almost reminded me of how uh, in, in the world of MMA, we thought that Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor were super invincible and there was no one in the whole world that was there who could actually beat them. But then, of course, we saw what happened with both of them. Yes, everybody, you could be a world champion, but you can still have your own weaknesses. And those things start to show when you've been doing a certain thing, a certain trick for such a long time. And of course, this is um, this is interesting because when you're the champion, when you're the well-known person, when you're the favorite, all eyes are focused on you. And so when you're doing the same thing over and over and it's working for you every single time, the underdogs, the people that are going to be competing with you in the future are seeing those things. They're picking out your weaknesses and then they're using those things, those points against you when they do actually, in fact, face you in the future. And we saw the same thing happening with Ronda Rousey. She was uh, a very good um, submission artist. Uh, her arm bars were on point. And then Holly Holm saw that. She said, okay, I'm not going to let her take me to the ground. I see what her weaknesses are. Her boxing, when she when she punches, she doesn't have head movement. And I can totally outbox her. That's what Holly Holm said. And that's what Holly Holm did on fight nights when she defeated Ronda Rousey. The person, the Ronda that we thought was super invincible. And the same thing happened to Conor McGregor when he was fighting Nate Diaz. Everybody thought, yes, Conor McGregor is going to uh, completely knock out Nate Diaz in the first round but Nate Diaz said I know this guy because he has such a great power with his punches I'm gonna let him tire himself out but my jiu-jitsu is better than his and um, I have more slow twitch muscle than him therefore I'm going to increase the volume of my punches and I'm gonna take him to the ground and choke him out and that is indeed what he did on fight night against the invincible the so-called invincible Conor McGregor and so you might be saying Jedi you're getting off track here but no I'm, I'm saying all these things because I feel like um, all of these strategies work always in all sort of sports so it works in MMA you you, it worked in MMA and it's working right now in soccer. I feel like it doesn't matter if you've been the world champion for so long, for so many decades. I feel like if you're the underdog, you should not despair because there are chances for you. There's technology, there's uh, uh, videos for you to study your opponent, that champion, that big team, that big draw team, that big draw player. And when you see those weaknesses of your opponents, you have the chance to outsmart your opponents and come on top. And that is indeed what the underdog teams are doing right now in the World Cup. All right, man, I believe I have one more point. But yes, just like I said, the strategies and the skills are super important. Um, it, you know, soccer is no different than, um, say, boxing. When you decide to be the defensive player, say, 
like Floyd Money Mayweather, he, you almost never see him be the aggressive one because his strategy is to become constantly defensive. And when you're uh, when his opponent actually throws a punch, he throws a counter punch, and those counter punches are what are super super dangerous in in, in his fights. So we see so many soccer teams in the World Cup right now that are adapting that sort so called Floyd Money Mayweather strategy with a, which is the defensive um, method. And so in the beginning, they're trying to be defensive and um, they're just trying to defend their their um, their um, uh, gate, their net, whatever you call it. Oh, my God. But you know what I'm talking about. And um, they're just trying to be defensive. And when they actually do catch the ball, they're trying to counterattack, make a counterattack and shoot the ball towards their opponent's um, net whenever uh, the, the chance comes. So this is super important uh, for some some teams it actually works and for some teams they just have to be super aggressive and just like I said we see this in all sort of sports you just have to have the right strategy and um, skill sets okay to win a certain match and you have to study your opponent to see what strategy works best for you and it's so important games game plans are so important I feel like in all sort of sports because if you don't have a game plan you just uh, play soccer like you're just playing it in your neighborhood with your neighborhood kids it's not going to work out because this is a world cup it's one of the biggest tournaments of all time when it comes to soccer and uh, the same thing uh, applies to combat sports if you just go in there you don't have a game plan and just uh, randomly throwing punches you don't really know what you're doing Ultimately, you're not going to be successful. So I feel like game plans and strategies are really, really important in all sort of sports. And there goes my, I would say, breakdown of the World Cup right now. Just like I said, fam, definitely do watch the the soccer matches that are uh, coming up. They're so exciting and please, please do watch them. But I also want to say, please also do pay attention to boxing and I made that because these weeks are the golden weeks of the year because just like I said it's international fight week and um, there's nothing wrong with uh, watching your favorite sport and also watching another sport that you've actually uh, developed passion for so you can watch all sports at the same time as long as it makes you happy just do what makes you happy okay so there was my breakdown of the world cup and okay quickly i'm just going to talk about the news about anthony joshua so you guys already know anthony joshua is the current heavyweight um, champion in boxing for the wba wbo ibf ibo organizations and we told you guys that Anthony Joshua is finally going to be unifying his title with uh, Deontay Wilder's WBC Heavyweight Championship. Okay, so that was a big super fight that we we're all anticipating and looking forward to. However, WBA, the promotion or the organization rather, has told Anthony Joshua that if he doesn't defend his WBA title only, he can lose that WBA title. And that's what everybody's saying, uh, that Anthony Joshua is actually just going to be uh, defending his WBA title. And you know what that means? That means that Anthony Joshua is not going to be fighting Deontay Wilder until April of 2019. And, uh, oh man, it's just the biggest disappointment, disappointment of all time. Because I don't know what these uh, organizations are looking forward to. Listen, man, 
the fight that Anthony Joshua is going to be having for defending his WBA only title is going to be a snooze fest. However, if we actually did have the fight against Deontay Wilder, that would be the fight that would sell all the tickets, all the pay-per-views. I don't know, is it really that hard for the promoters to actually realize that? Come on, man. This is what the fans want. This is what the fighters themselves want. There's so much money on the line as well for the fighters. So why not just make it happen? Why Why do you have to make a mess of everything, okay? So please, please, if you're listening to this right now and you are somewhat in charge of making this Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight happen, please make it happen as soon as possible because it's what everybody wants once okay please please i beg you okay so oh man i talk so much darn okay so i feel like we have time to break down two of the preliminary fights for ufc 226 all right so we'll see okay let's see so the first fight that i'm gonna break down for you guys so we have a fight oh my god between yancy medeiros and mike perry in the preliminary card of usc 226 oh my goodness yancy medeiros such a tough guy he has such great stamina and he's uh, he never really gives up even if he does get bloodied up and injured who keeps on coming forward and that's what makes him Yancy Medeiros I feel like because of his perseverance and um, uh, hard work I feel like he's such a good MMA fighter and Mike Perry he is one of those guys that when he comes forward he completely explodes and throws bombs towards you however I would say his cardio is one of he one of his uh, weaknesses so because of that I would say if Yancy Medeiros takes the fight to the distance then he's ultimately going to win the fight through decision but if Mike Perry catches Yancy Medeiros off guard with a really dangerous punch then of course he could potentially tag him and win the fight through knockout so all uh, uh, all of the fights that um, Mike Perry has actually won through uh, knockouts or you could say or actually no okay let me rephrase that all the fights that Mike Perry has actually won all of them have been through knockouts okay so his knockout power is 100 when he tries it on you there's no way that he's failing and unfortunately the fights that he didn't uh, knock out his opponents in he has lost those fights therefore it's super 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 important for uh, mike perry to actually take his chances and try to knock out yancy medeiros if he can do it and just like i said yancy medeiros he has to take his chances and um, just take the fight to the to the distance and try to tire out my parry so that uh, those are the keys of success to both guys and then the next fight i believe this is the last fight on the preliminary card we have uriah hall fighting against paulo costa aka paulo bohachinha meaning the eraser in portuguese so bohachinha man he's one i've been telling you guys about bohachinha for a long time and i feel like he's one of those guys that are going to be the next um a big superstar in the ufc and the world of mma because he's so so strong and um, I feel like naturally he was just uh, born an athlete and he's such a good MMA fighter and um, he has everything that you look for in an MMA fighter. He has the punching and the jiu-jitsu and the takedown skills and everything that you can possibly look for. And then he's fighting, of course, the UFC veteran Uriah Hall 
who is actually really tough. And um, he sh- I feel like Bohachinia should not take Uriah Hall, um, um, uh, you know, he shouldn't underestimate him. So because of that, I would say this is a v- actually a very dangerous fight for Paulo Bohachinia because he actually needs to pay attention to what Uriah Hall is doing because Uriah Hall uh, still has more experience than him in MMA. And Uriah Hall, I feel like if he takes the fight to the distance, he's going to be he's going to be ultimately winning this fight uh but overall because this fight is going to be so close and interesting to watch because uh, Paulo Bohachinia usually has great dynamics in his fights I would definitely say that this fight is going to be super super exciting to watch so fam that was the preliminary card some of the fights on the preliminary card of the UFC 226 card and just like I said next week uh we are going to be Breaking down the main card of UFC 226, headlined by Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. All right, so that's going to be phenomenal. And uh, I'm looking at the clock right now. And unfortunately, that is all the time that we're going to have for this week. Make sure that you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO. And you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes. And until next time... It's your girl Janan right here, and this is TKO. Peace out.